T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I see you, Drew. I see you with this. I, I see what you're doing there. I got you. A little too I, on the nose. I, I understand. I see what you were trying to do there. Uh, don't forget like some, some pit bull or something. Uh, it's warm us up a little I bit. I got you. I got you. Don't forget tomorrow night we got our third annual playoff Pilsner beer release party out at Cinder Block Brewery. Starts at 6 o'clock. Dusty will be doing after hours. We'll have the entire 610 crew out there. F325 barbecue. It is going to be a fantastic night. And things seem to be getting better with the weather forecast from a uh, precipitation standpoint for Friday night's uh, beer release party. So hope to see you guys there tomorrow night. We know on Saturday night, uh, it's just going to be miserably cold. But we're used to the cold up here, Cody. How about our friends down in Miami, though? I want to go out to the 610 hotline and welcome in Shannon Cratter, uh, who does radio with our sister station, 560 WQAM. He's also the host of the Pivot Podcast. Channing, it's great to have you back on the show. I think we had you on a couple years ago as well. What is the conversation in Miami just with the weather right now and, and how you guys perceive these negative 20 wind chills that we're expecting Saturday? Um, it's, it's not positive for us. It's not uh, <laughs> 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 you know, being down here, but just the style of play, you know, that wide open offense we run, you know, the, the quick hitting stuff, just the speed of it, you know, guys, fast guys. Now it's cold and it's going to, you know, be, it's gonna be a little tighter. Tyreek might run a 4-3 and not a 4-2 on uh, Saturday night. but So that's kind of the talk. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the weather has taken over. But I think schematically, like, this is going to be a real good game. We saw the first time. The Dolphins were down by seven driving and having that third and fourth down that went terrible and two were fumbled and everything happened. But I think this is going to be a hell of a game on Saturday night. We always say, like, oh, man, I wouldn't want to have to tackle anybody in this weather. Uh, you did have to tackle people in the cold weather. What the heck's that like? Oh, man, it, it's uh, my coldest game was Kansas City. I think Tyler Thigpen was the quarterback. 2008. Back then. <laughs> 2008. I went to that game. It was miserable, Channing, and I was just standing there. It's crazy you say that because that was the coldest game, and they, you know, they made fun of you when you were over there piled up. Everybody on the team was piled up by the, the space heaters, and, you know, it just wasn't. We ended up winning, you know. And uh, funny story, Joey Porter convinced me pregame to go out with no, you know, no, 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 uh, no jacket on, no sweater. We're men, you know, we're not going <laughs> to let the weather beat us. Both of our asses ran right back inside after 15 <laughs> seconds of being out there. <laughs> it was, I think that was like, it was like nine or 10 degrees. It was, you know, right above negative. But uh, it, it's tough. The ground is hard falling down, you know, like hitting the ground is probably the worst part because it's like, it's, it's concrete pretty much. No matter how great the grass is, that that uh, that soil is going to freeze up on you because it's moist. So yeah, it is different. It is a playing in the cold is is 
10 times where I'd rather play in 120 degrees than I have in, in uh, Dolphin Stadium than playing in that, you know, 20, 30, 10 degrees weather. It, it, it's a big difference. We can talk about that impressive Miami offense in just a minute, but defensively, I mean, look, Channing, I'm not trying to call uh, football players like different old, right? I'm 39. And so when I call football players old, that just means they're like younger than me, but just older than everyone else. Defensively, they're just signing a bunch of geriatrics to play defensive end. Do they have enough to stop Kansas City? I think they do. In all those additions to Justin Houston's and, you know, these uh, these guys, they, had, they added Jason Pierre-Paul early in the year and cut him. They they knew, you know, after Jalen Phillips went out. So even Manly Chubb, you know, going out, that was our two our two guys, our two money guys, big money, you know, pass rushers. But um, they're just signing guys. They're not going to do too much. You know, Melvin Ingram was out there covering tight ends last week. So they know at that position of defensive end, we need some help is why they signed all those guys. So all those guys, pretty much, they're going to get 15, 20 reps max. They just try to see if we can get – if we can just go over there and breathe on Patrick, go over there and slap slap his back every now and again and make him feel uncomfortable because that's what you have to do to beat the, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But, yeah, we – with Bradley Chubb, we're down after Jalen Phillips' um, Achilles tear – that is the that's the weakest point I would say. That's the weakest point of our defense right now is pass rusher. So that's why they went out and got all these thirty five. Um, Bruce Irvin, who was a friend of mine actually. Hey, well, Bruce is Bruce is a couple years younger than me, and I've been retired thirteen years. So yeah, they're, they're, just trying, to, they're trying to find a couple guys that are that can just you know breathe on Patrick, make Pat Pat a little uncomfortable in that pocket because of the injury bug that hit the Dolphins, which is terrible. Terrible time to hit him and hit him late in the season when you really can't go and get a 27-year-old. Late in week 18, only person available is 36- and 38-year-old guys. We're talking to Shannon Crowder. He's a host down at 560 WQAM in Miami, also the Pivot Podcast. How much do you guys buy into the, the playoff record of both these teams against playoff teams, I should say? Like the Chiefs are one and four against the current playoff field. I believe you guys down there are like one and four, one and five, but this the point differential is way different. Like you, Miami's like negative ninety one scoring differential against those teams. How much of it is discussed when you look at the competition and the Dolphins, other than the Cowboys game, that they haven't fared well? Oh yeah, both Bills games. Um, the one that got to me was the Titans because that's the one, the one loss they have. Because it was both Bills, Eagles, uh, KC, and then um, uh, and then there was one other team they lost to. But that Titans game was the one that kind of was a gut punch down here because the Titans aren't a good football team. But it, it means something. You're beating up on the Jets. You're beating up on you know these teams that you can't really play. And then the the record is better. They you know end up you know end up losing the AFC East last week when they lost to the Bills and all, but. It, it it is it is concerning because I would say the the Baltimore game is when it kind of hits you, where it's like okay you're playing a legit Super Bowl contender and you lose by forty and that's that's when it hit us where like I said even the KC game have a chance to win late you know what I'm saying there was there was a seven point game we had to drive at the end you could tie it late uh, the, the the Eagles game. It was a it was a single digit single digit deficit in the fourth quarter, and then the Eagles end up you know uh, winning and going down and scoring the last points. But you were encouraged by those games with the playoff contending teams. Even the Buffalo game, the Dolphins had a chance to win that second one late when they you know lost to Week 18. But that 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 Baltimore Ravens game is the one that put that put that 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 trigger in my mind of hmm. I know we have the number one scoring offense. I know two is leading the league in passing. I know all that's going on, and it's great in totality for the regular season. But Mike, I'm not saying that Mike McDaniel said it. We're not here to win the regular season. We're not here to go to the playoffs. We went to the playoffs last year. That's cute. 
we're here to do make some noise in the playoffs, and that's what they're going to have to do. And honestly, coming up to Kansas City, it's that that's the difference on Saturday night at eight o'clock is if this team is really better because the record's better. But last year we got our butt whooped in the first round of the playoffs. Now we can't just come up there and get our butt whooped again in the first round of the playoffs. There's no progression postseason, and good teams want to progress in the postseason. It's cute to get in the playoffs when you're a good team. We certainly know what it's like to fake Ty- Ty- face Tyree Kill here in Kansas City more than others. I had said earlier, more than even him in this game because of how good the Chiefs' secondary is, I'm afraid of Devin Achan. More than any other player on the field, he scares me for the Chiefs to get a loss. I- am I right in being scared of what he's capable of? I have been saying this all season, and people laugh at me, and they're kind of finally coming around with the law, which is crazy. It takes losses for people to listen to you. The Dolphins are rushing. They're a running team. In the, in the, uh, in the Denver game where everybody loved the 70-point game, they had 260 yards rushing, and Tua had 250. So it's, but they, they, if, they, if, if they need Tua to go throw the ball, in which Kansas City does a lot where Patrick's going, you know, 36 or 45 and stuff like that, throwing the ball almost 50 times a game, the Dolphins' offense can't function in that in that manner, which is almost what I think, you know, when you're in negative 20-degree windshield, you're not going to throw the ball 50 times. It doesn't make sense. But the Dolphins are a rushing team. A-Chan, Jeff Wilson, he's the banger. He's big as hell. He's 6'3", 225 or something. And then if you can get Raheem Mostert back, who it's crazy to say, I know Tua's leading the league in passing yards and, you know, top five and all this stuff. Raheem Mostert has the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. And that kind of shows you to your question where – this Dolphins team is based around the run. Then you bring people up. You bring people in the box. You try to blitz, you know, run blitzing. And now you have the Tyreeks one-on-one with that little out motion when you get Tyreek with the head of steam coming downfield on the skinny post, on the comeback. And then every time you start jumping routes, then he's going to hit you for a deep one. But this, this offense, this Mike McVeigh offense, just like Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, um, McVeigh does it sometimes as well. It's like it's based around the run, and then we find our mismatches with the motion, the shifts, and the and the adjustments pre-snap. But, yeah, if they can't, if the Dolphins can't run the ball, Tua doesn't lead the league in, in the categories he's leading in. So I would expect a big dose of running out of A-Chan, out of Jeff Wilson, and if most are back out of him on Saturday night. It sounds like you kind of answered it a little bit there, but the Dolphins win this game if they do what, and they're going home and done for the season if what happens? If they, first off, choke out uh, Travis Kelsey, because I got to know, we're allowed to talk about gambling now on radio. That's right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I got got the Travis Kelsey Kelsey over 55 yards receiving, which I thought that was, and I got a small mortgage on that. I think that was a ridiculous (laughs) number. But he's the weapon. Like, uh, Sky Moore, uh, Kadarius Toney, who's a gator. Uh, Kadarius Toney, I love watching at Florida. Kansas City has most drops in the NFL this year. So, like, we know Travis Kelsey can play. Choke him out, which they did do a great job in the in the first game this year. They did do a great job of covering Travis. But as you see what the Ravens did, you see what Buffalo did, they attack. They don't attack the corners. Nobody wants to throw at Jalen Ramsey. That just doesn't make sense. They attack the linebackers with tight ends. They attack the slot receivers on the Cater Kohus and on the, um, on the you know, the, the, the second, third, fourth best receiver. Fourth best corner on the league, and now on the team, and now Xavier Howard's out too. So that third corner is now going to be the second corner. So they're going to attack the inside guys, and that's what Travis Kelsey is. So I think Vic Fangio will do a good job of, of shutting, uh, of of limiting Travis. Even though I got the over, I think he'll get 60 yards with no problem. But um, yeah, they have to run the ball. They have to keep, you know, if I would say 70 
if like if Kansas City gets into that 65-70 plays in this game, like they're on the field too much and they're going to make you pay for it. Where run the ball, keep them off, don't give them 13 possessions, 14 possessions. Let's let's make it one of these slower, lazier games. You run the ball, keep it close, and then win it late. Because like I said, this isn't going to be a blowout in either direction. I really don't feel that way. Lastly, I want to get you out of here on this. You, you played for the Dolphins, obviously, went up against the Patriots throughout your NFL career. Therefore, you went up against a Bill Belichick coach team. Obviously, the news today, he's parting ways with the organization. We all expect he'll be a head coach somewhere here very soon. What was your reaction to that? And do you believe he's still, basically, does he still have it? I, I think he still has it. And I think he wants to catch, I don't he'll probably never say it, but he wants to catch Shula. I think he's, uh, yeah, less than 20 games back from Shula or something like that. So I think he wants to catch Shula. I played in the Patriot run AFC East my entire career. I played Tom Brady. uh, I played the Patriots 12 times in six years. I think Tom Brady was out for two of those games when he tore his knee up. So I played all of them a number of times. He is an amazing coach, defensive guru, amazing-minded coach. It's him and – him and Andy Reid were the two coaches. And Andy was in Philly when I was playing. Just like you knew there was there was going to be something different. Watch as much film as you want. Do as much studying as you want. He's going to throw something different, a different wrinkle into every single game that he coaches in because he knows what you're looking at. They self-scout, and he does a great job. I was not surprised the Patriots uh, moved on from him or mutually agreed or whatever. Yeah. You know, they had to make it sound good. Hell, they fired him. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised they fired Belichick because of the success of what happened recently. And – it's weird when guys take on the GM and the head coach because now you're you're responsible for talent and talent, um, you know, maximization. I would say so. He wasn't drafting very well the last couple of years. We all saw it. There was nothing coming out of those first and second round draft picks they had, and that's where it went downhill. The Mac Jones, the Bailey Zappies, that they weren't bringing in a quarterback that could really play, and you're seeing it through their offense being one of the worst in the league. So he will be somewhere. I've um, heard Washington, they got rid of uh, Riverboat Run. I've heard Washington, um, Dallas. I think Dallas would be a great place for them if they don't go deep in the playoffs here, you know, with McCarthy. I think that could be a good place, but I think it should be an established thing. So Dallas is sexy to me. That's just me saying, you know, me guessing or hoping for, I guess, Bill, because I do respect Bill and, and I, you know, care, you know, care about Bill. He ended up bringing me in. When I was coming out in 05, I went and took a visit to the Patriots and after my, you know, pre-draft workout and all, I sat in his office. This is when his son, who's now coaching, was a kid, and they were just hanging around the facility. So I sat. I ate lunch with Bill and his two sons in the um, in the office with him, talk, you know, talk football, talk life, talk talk about family and stuff. So Bill is a good dude. He's a probably the best coach, you know, the goat of coaches uh, in the NFL history. And him and his buddy Saban both might hang it up. So you're you're, you're having two two OGs of the game that might not coach anymore. And uh, but Bill Belichick was a is a respected coach, and he was one of them coaches I knew I could watch all the film in the world, and he's going to throw some kind of wrinkle in, and if it gets you, it's going to get you because he's he's a genius football mind. Channing Crowder, uh, of course, uh, hosts down in Miami for five sixty WQAM. You can also check out the Pivot Podcast. Appreciate your perspective, and uh, I, I don't know, are you making the trip up from nice and warm Miami to to bitter cold Kansas City this weekend? Oh, it's no way I'm going in there. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Me and my wife were talking about watching the game Saturday. I was like, oh, you know, I'll barbecue. We have some people over. 
you know, we're getting the pool, and we, we, we thought about it. We're like, oh, man, it's going to be 60. The pool is going to be chilly. We get scared at 60 degrees. There's no way I'm leaving that for negative 20. I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you at no. all. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. There you go. That's Chad and Crowder. Obviously played, what, six years in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins as uh, radio down in Miami now for our Odyssey sister station and uh, has a really fun podcast, uh, the Pivot podcast going on. And Yeah, 60 degrees. So he's got a small mortgage <laughs> on Travis Kelsey's over. Hey, we talked about last night on, uh, on the What's betting. a small mortgage for Channing Crowder? Is that like my mortgage? What's a small mortgage he, for him? I mentioned he played in the league for six years. Come I'm going to guess four. I mean, it's not five figures we're talking about here, right? We're talking like a uh, couple grand. I feel like he's got a couple of grand on Travis Kelsey's. Yeah, I, that's probably safe. That um, feels like I, the number, a thousand it, or two. The, 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 the Titans, the Dolphins give up on average about 55 yards a game to tight ends. Kelsey's over is anywhere from 55 and a half up to 57 and a half. Fresh, healthy Kelsey. That was one thing last night that that I did give out as well. I, I agree with him. I actually like the over for Checo as well. We can talk about that stuff tomorrow. But uh, if you're wondering, Channing Crowder, I hate doing this. We just had the guy on the show. So this is kind of. But it's public knowledge, whatever. Career earnings. Are you talking about what the man made? No, you, you're the one that Looking brought up his asked own how much. checkbook. You, you, okay. a, you asked. I just asked what he, what he You got. asked That's what all. the bet was. We don't unit size on this show. You know that. 12.2 mil. Okay. He's probably doing okay. You think that pool's He's heated? Doing... I don't think you need a heated pool in Miami. Why? Well, he just said it was going to be a little chilly. You don't need a heated pool in Miami. No, probably you not. Don't, no need. Why would you have a heated pool in Miami? You don't what need a, that. What a difference. What a different environment. Think about all the cheese fans are going to go out to Arrowhead today in negative 20 degree wind chills reportedly and watch this game. And Channing Crowd's like, I thought I might have a few <laughs> people over at the pool. I'm just kicking out and watch the game. I'm like, yeah. I, can't, I can't. I'll be honest, Channing. That sounds like a better way to watch the game. On, yeah, on no, I mean, if I were, if I'm a Dolphin, this is like one of those where normally, oh, support your team. If I'm a Dolphins fan, there is no reason for you to fly to Kansas City to watch this game. Really? One, I want it to be all Chiefs fans anyway, but there's just, honestly, there's no reason if you're a Dolphins fan to fly to Kansas City for this weekend. Save it for a different yeah. season. So he mentioned the Cowboys potentially yeah. going out. If you know, this is another one of those things, kind of like we talked about the other day. If you know you can get Bill Belichick, is Jerry Jones going to say, you know what? I don't care if we made it to the NFC title game with you, Mike McCarthy. I can get Bill Belichick. No, if, if, well, in this scenario, if Mike McCarthy goes to the FC title game, they're not firing Mike McCarthy. All right, I'm just saying, is Bill also Belichick goes enough this, of a, a name yeah, to get him? I just Mike McCarthy also would have a job the next day as well. The oh, Chargers yeah, should hire sure. McCarthy if, uh, if the Cowboys actually fire. I just don't believe he's getting fired. It goes back to the same personnel question. We know Jerry Jones is not giving Belichick personnel control, so right. you know what I mean? Like that, the, the question we don't have the answer to yet is, does Bill Belichick want personnel control? But I... I just would be stunned if the Cowboys got rid of McCarthy. I also think they're going to roll past the Packers on well, we can, Sunday. Well, we can semi-make this. We don't even have to. We can play this out if you want. That kind of was my all 32, okay. yeah, which ahead. because going back to it, like when you look at this, McCarthy does deserve a little bit of credit. Look, I was like anyone else, Gold. I'll, I'll be honest. I was like anyone else. I took my shots at McCarthy. Ha ha, look at funny man. Can't win with old Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams there in Green Bay. They consistently came up short in the playoffs and all these things in between. The guy is a good enough coach that he can win with talent. He kept going to the postseason. He kept being a high seed for Green Bay. And now he's doing the exact same thing for Dallas. Three, tw- three straight 12-win seasons. You know, he's, he's where he needs to be. But his problem is still the same, which is what, what Drew had pointed out. He does not have the greatest postseason track record uh, most of the time. But it's also just like ignoring that he won the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I'm so stuck with him. I think he's him. done a great job with that offense this I year. Do too. I do I don't see that. any reason why you would move on from Mike McCarthy. And I'm kind of with you, Gold, that he would get a job 
immediately, instantaneously, teams would be all over Mike McCarthy for a third head coaching job. But for some reason, they decided to go Bill Belichick. And it doesn't mean like any coach. McCarthy makes plenty of mistakes. I mean, I go back to, what was it, uh, two or three weeks ago? Plus, maybe more than that now. Time runs quick. But uh, against the Dolphins, where for whatever reason, they gave the fullback like four touches and then (laughs) they fumbled at the goal line. Like that was all on McCarthy. So I mean, he doesn't make mistakes. Every coach we can do this with, by the way. But I, I think he's actually done a hell of a job this year for Dak Prescott. They, they get rid of Kellen Moore, and then Mike McCarthy takes over the entire offense. And Dak Prescott, for one week at least, was the MVP favorite. Late in the season, too. I mean, that says, I mean, that says something about I do what think a first-round loss could always change the math on it because they've just accomplished nothing at the postseason. But yeah. Dallas is historically, we don't give them enough credit for this. Jerry Jones, because he seems like kooky old wild man, like screaming at clouds. He is an incredibly patient owner. He gives his coaches time. He gives them more than enough time to be good. Um, I'm going to steal something from Fesco, or I'll give credit to Fesco oh. for this because he said it this morning. Uh, the Chargers, I'll, I'll use the Chargers as the main example, or I can switch to Atlanta, but the Chargers should have called Pete Carroll yesterday and given him the offer. Probably. Um, hey, Geno Smith good. Uh, and the reason I say that, I think, is because when he was doing his, his – uh, his presser, if you will, I guess, or his statement, if you want to call it that. Um, he was like, I- I'm so jacked up. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to continue doing things. It didn't, he didn't sound like a guy that was done coaching yet. And I think if you're the Chargers or if you're Atlanta, this is the next best option, I think, besides Bill Belichick in terms of experience in the NFL, having won a Super Bowl and all of that stuff. He's a name that you should be calling at least to try and gauge his interest on whether or not he wants to coach. I think Atlanta might be appealing to him just given the situation the division as well i don't know how how appealing the chargers job would be just given mahomes and andy Reid have been running that thing and you got sean payton in there as well or uh what but i feel like they should give him a call at least they they have to they should get an established coach they went young they they went young gun last time even though he's a defensive minded guy like justin herbert just needs that man needs some stability we always talk about this like alex smith and others Herbert's had no stability. They've changed offensive coordinators more than once under Staley. He's been the head coach now, so I guess he's had the same head coach, but he's not a very good one. They got to just, and now he's got a new GM. Find him a coach who's going to be there for a few years and knows what the hell he's doing so he doesn't walk in there while some guy figures out how to both be a head coach and take over this team. Find a guy who can just handle it. Handle it right away. They seem like the most logical Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll or if McCarthy, what we just talked about. Yeah. We'll stick with the coaching theme. You know, we, we I think a year ago, around this time, we had mentioned, or actually, it's probably two years ago, because last year was the first year that Mike Kafka was the OC in, in yeah. New York. And when he left Kansas City and got hired to be the OC in New York, I think we said, hey, if he turns Daniel Jones into something, that guy might be a head coach. Well, he did last year. Got a lot of praise for it. This year, Daniel Jones gets hurt. That whole off, that whole team was a mess. Yeah. Wink Martindale is out, the defensive coordinator. Mike Kafka is still there as the OC. And he's having to make a work with Tommy DeVito for a while. He's reportedly getting an interview with the Tennessee Titans and is a candidate for that job. Do you think Mike Kafka is a name we haven't talked about on this show in a very long time. Do you think Mike Kafka, because of what he did two years ago, has done enough to get a head coaching gig already? Well, he's getting interviews. I think he's got a better chance to get a job No, but he's got a better shot than getting a job than Eric B. At this point does. I'm I'm with you at this point. Yeah, no, I don't think so. It's it's hard. It just depends on probably what you think about think of him behind a closed door because he did do a nice job with uh, Daniel Jones and honest to God, he was given even less in scraps this year. Yes. And at least for a short period of time, they were semi-functional offensively. It is really hard to be like, 
do a better job, Mike Kafka, with what? With what wide receivers? With what quarterback? If you think he's smart, if you thought he was smart two years ago, you're probably just going to ignore everything that happened on offense for the Giants. Well, and both both New York coaches, talking about the head coach, Brian Dable and then Robert Sala, next year, they're, we all know they're both on the hot seat. If, if, if both miss the playoffs again next year, they're both, yeah. they're both canned. And they'll be looking for two coaches in in New York, New Jersey. In which Kafka will have to go find a new OC job to try to get the head coaching gig this way. I mean, that's the same thing. Kellen Moore, he's like Kellen Moore. I was going to say with with your Biennemi point, like I'm with you. I don't think he'll be a head coach this year. I still think whether it's Belichick or whoever, if Bill Belichick, let's say, gets the Falcons job, I still think if he's willing to do it, and I'm not saying Belichick and EB have a, uh, you know, I don't know if they have a good relationship, any relationship at all, probably not. I think that's like if you're talking about like a symbol of very good coaching staff. If I'm Atlanta. You hire Bill Belichick. EB is the OC. EB is the OC. Or if I'm the commanders and I say I'm hiring Belichick, you keep EB, let him be the OC. for. I, I think that's a hell of a pairing. Yeah. yeah. Now, does he, Eric Bieniemy want to be, you know, I don't think head coaches have. I don't happening, know why not. So. Lots of guys agree I'm head coaches yeah, under. Exactly. <laughs> under Bill Belichick. Think about that. EB could be the OC for Andy and then eventually be an OC for Bill Belichick. That'd be wild. It seems like the Titans are just interviewing. Ron Rivera is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah. Ooh, did he, get the, did he, win a bowl? he didn't win a Super Bowl. Just lost the one with that. So probably so. not. With Rod Cam? Rivera, I will he say. Has, look, he's I, been a long time. He's I, I not going to be Hall of Famer. You're right. But he was Rod for 15 years probably. Rod Rivera has been well liked. And there's a wide variety of reasons for that. I think people respect him. Yeah. But nobody. We. I just. Two hours ago I was saying. Oh, man. Coaches should get more of a leash and figure things out. They gave way too long a time for Ron Rivera. And if you look at Ron Rivera's track. He's not Jeff Fisher. Okay. But you, when you look at the track Rod record. How yeah. long they gave him. If he wasn't just well-respected and played the media game the way he did and had a bunch of friends, like most coaches would have been gone a long time ago. Ron Rivera yeah. got plenty of time. It seems like the Titans are interviewing everybody, too. I know that the Bengals OC Brian Callahan is interviewing with the Chargers, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Titans. I mean, it seems like the Titans have gone after, whether it be uh, Callahan or uh, I think they're going with ben a, Johnson. A, a young, inexperienced coach. By the way, yeah, he, he, is, he is Jeff Fisher. 102. 103 and even, two. There you go. Even He's exactly one win away from a perfectly 500 record. The and yet Thanos he, holding the the he, blade uh, symbol of balance. He got way more time because people liked him and respected him. He also won in his third year in Carolina and then got to a Super Bowl by year five. So people, you know, but like he got that, four or five years in yeah, know, he DC. Got, yeah, he they gave him. He got four. They gave him uh, they gave him a lot of leash after that one title game up here. The one Super yeah, Bowl yeah, up here. Since that, that one, he has. Yeah. Gone back, but that was a different organization. Like I mean, at some point, like just because you know what I mean. Yeah, since then he's been actually not good. A lot of that five hundred records. He's kind of freight the first five. He'll seasons. be on somebody's staff next year, but I think he's. I don't think Ron Rivera will ever be a head coach again, though. Thirteen-year head coach, NFL. though. Yeah, crazy. That's a lot. That's to, all thirty-two. OC for a thirteen-year coach. Reed and Belichick would be yeah. pretty pretty big. Uh, up next, we'll get to random question of the day and back into the biggest news around sports still, which is Bill Belichick parting ways today and Nick Saban retiring. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Ten minutes away from the random question of the day. A little bit of news during the break. I don't think any of us are surprised by this, but Marvin Harrison Jr. officially declaring for the draft. He is, of course, a projected top five pick. I mean, we we all saw that coming, but wide receiver at Ohio State, the dream wide receiver, truly dream wide receiver in Kansas City. Um, it's just not, Train up to number it's not three even, it's just not feasible. It's just not feasible. They have to go, they'd have to go Ricky Williams trade. Literally, which, draft, by the way, nobody a, else in the entire draft except they, for Marvin Harrison they, Jr. They, I, I don't know. I'd they, be kind of excited. They would have to go Ricky Williams trade. And by the way, I just want to point out that was a terrible trade that McDicka made. Not going um, great. Yeah. His it teammate who's been mocked to the Chiefs is not going into the fun. draft. Oh, uh, he's staying. He is staying. For Will Howard. Yeah. He, wants to, he wants to catch pass for Will Howard next year. Why not? Was asking on Twitch. Hey, does Kay Williams announce who? Yet? No, Caleb Williams. Why not on just Twitch? I was just giving his, his handle. Oh, I thought until the 15th, technically. Either handle versus from the 913. Oh, I was like, they're why not? I'm if, like, I guess. They're you. asking if Caleb Williams has committed. No, he's he is not, to. but he's going to. They have until January 15th, technically, is the hard deadline to announce that they're going to go to the NFL draft. And your guy, uh, Devin Neal, over at Kansas, yeah. is also officially, I think the rumor was already out there, officially announced both Kansas and Missouri. That, announced that he's coming back, let me be clear. Ca- coming back. Both, both <laughs> Kansas, I was going to say, both Kansas and Missouri are returning a lot of talent. Like, good for, like, there have been plenty of guys who have lost pe- a lot of people in the transfer portal and have lost a lot of people to the draft. Both those schools didn't lose a lot of people to the transfer portal and didn't lose a lot of those players to the draft. They're both getting a pretty good chunk of their roster back, considering the kind of ebb and flow of college. Yeah. Missouri defensively will be the big question. Uh, they lost their DC and then they lost some pieces there. But, you know, my thoughts on Missouri's chances next year, I think they got a great chance. And then, yeah, KU with all the returners, I think we'll get official word here soon. I, I keep it's they've been posting photos and videos of the demolition of uh, David Booth Memorial Stadium, obviously the renovation and everything that's going on. If you look at the site, which now is nothing on one side of the, the west side of the stadium, there's no chance they can play any football games there. Like, I know no. they planned on, like, oh, we can do this. No chance. Maybe in next, the 2025 season, which is when it's ready, obviously is a whole different story. You're going to play there, and you'll have other the other half that's old. That's fine. There's no way. They're going to have to play at Arrowhead next year. Which was already kind of rumored anyway. They're going to play some games. They're going to have to play all of them. I think so. Since, since we're just briefly on this, I, I, I know we didn't have this topic planned, and we're going to talk more about all the coaching stuff that took place. After I watched Kansas go down last night to UCF in their first ever Big 12 game, good for them. That's their biggest win in program history. All of a sudden, beating a top three ranked team in the country, show yeah, up in the, the conference and get the win. The Big 12, man, is just absurd. So number one and number two also went down because number two is also in the, like, it's just a massive conference yeah, and I, the Big 12 is crazy. 
I just was last night. I was thinking after that loss, NIL. We we complain about NIL, or we talk about the coaches who complain about NIL and all this. Uh-huh. It has been so great for college basketball. College basketball is super competitive again, and I am convinced NIL is a huge reason why more people because there's less spots in the NBA. More players are staying longer. Some of them are staying at their big programs way longer. And some of these mid-tier programs are getting some of those small school kids that might have stayed at Davidson, jumped up a level, and everyone is loaded. NIL has been great for college basketball. This has been the most watchable this product has been in in 15 years. I mean, I just – I'm much more enjoying it than I had in a while. That's yeah. All. No, I think there's definitely – I mean, that came up during the NCAA tournament a little bit last year. You know, I, I still disagree. I think it was Carrington. He knows I disagree with him on this, where he said, like, we'll never ha- – we don't really have upsets anymore in the tournament. I still strongly disagree with that notion. But there is truth to the fact that if you are these mid-major schools or just mid-tier power five schools even, you're able to have more experienced teams, right? So is the quality of college basketball? Does it have a chance to improve? I mean, a guy – uh, what was the the Kentucky player last year, guys? Uh, Oscar Shibway, you know, he he stayed because of NIL money, and it turned out, you know, based off of what his NBA prospects yeah. were going to be. There's, you know, Hunter Dickinson, right? He's going to earn it, you know, a ton yep. of money playing at KU, but NBA wise, not Zach Eady at Purdue. Yeah, I mean, so that's what's that is the benefit of that, uh, and obviously it's above board now, so it's it's a whole different scenario. And yeah, last night UCF just more proof, like the Big Twelve is just a gauntlet for everybody, and. Yeah, one went down, two went down, three went down. I also saw, I think, number eight or nine went yeah. down last night, too, something like that. Marquette lost Tennis, to Butler. T- uh, Tennessee lost last night. They were six or something. I mean, five, yeah. Five, six five, losses yeah. might get it done in the Big 12 to take your down Badgers, the Your Badgers did win they, last uh, night. They hung on. They did. They your Badgers did win. But no, you're right. Uh, obviously, uh, conference tournament play is going to be fun to watch for all three local schools. Uh, but the story still around college and a little bit, certainly the NFL today, we'll find out when Belichick ultimately lands somewhere else, but Nick Saban retired. I mean, he is it's unquestionably the best college football coach we've ever seen. And I do think you said NIL Cody. I think that's part of the equation here with why Nick Saban stepped away because it's not just that he's what 72 years old. And okay. So that's a tough job at that age to that's a lot of work 24 seven, you got to recruit and then you got to re-recruit and then you got to deal with the NIL situation. And yet he still found himself in the national semifinal this year, despite everybody counting him out in October when it looked like after the, the, uh, the loss of Texas, like, Oh no, not going to happen. And Bama still got in and, and gave Michigan at least for a little bit of run for their money. Oh yeah. It was and, a fight. I think when you have gone through change probably 12 different times across your career, if you're Saban, at some point you're like, do I want to go through this whole conference realignment again now that Texas, you know, you are here? Do I want to deal with the re-recruitment of NIL and transfer portal? Do I want to do all that? He already lost like 16 players in the transfer portal this year before he even announced his retirement. So I think that there's a lot of factors, but I think that's part of it and why Nick Saban's no longer going to be a head coach uh, of college football. There is a new story out on ESPN that details things a little bit more with Coach Saban. So um, he said... Uh, he told ESPN in his first public comments, uh, I want to be there for the players, for the coaches, anything I can do to support them during this transition. There's a lot of things to clean up to help uh, as we move forward. I'm still going to have a presence here at the university in some form and trying to figure out uh, all that and how it works. This is a place that will never be too far away from Miss Terry and my heart. Um, so it sounds like he's shifting into not necessarily an advisor role, but he's going to be around he might even, who knows, be involved in helping hire his successor. I, I who, who knows? Good. But, but he might but be I think making that's a phone call like. if, like, they get a recruit two years from now and they're like, you'll love it there. 
There's, that's big probably, for them. Like, look, I know Nebraska, Tom Osborne, a little bit different because he coached and then he was the athletic director. I'm not saying Nick Saban's no. going to be the AD. What I mean by <laughs> yeah. is Tom Osborne is always around that program and will be the rest of his life. I feel like that's what it's going to be for yeah. Saban. Not, again, he's not going to be yeah. the athletic director. He's the figurehead of yeah. Alabama football even after the fact. I mean, he's been the highest paid employee in the state like, for you're 15 gonna, years. It, as weird as it sounds, like, even like you'll use, if you're the ne- whoever the next head coach is, which we know Dan Lanning at Oregon came out today and said he's not going to yes, take correct. the job. Whoever that is, like you'll still, I guarantee you, Nick Saban will still be somehow involved in recruiting efforts. You know, it's because kind of, it's Nick he, he'll, freaking he'll be Saban. in your corner. Absolutely, you know? it's a good thing to have. It, it it it's crazy to me that Bill Belichick coached in New England for twenty four years, and I feel like it's going to be harder to follow Saban. Of course, they both won six titles for their respected, uni- you know, like university and pro sports team. The problem with Saban is that. As we know in college football, you can, like, there's a certain amount of, like, blue bloodiness, like we talk about basketball, where you're not going to be bad at football. But we saw the few years in between when they got the hire wrong at Alabama, and you can certainly be a whole lot worse. We've seen it at Texas. We've seen it at Alabama. Nebraska, the Frank, can, Frank Solich and, and, and Tom Osborne yeah, thing. Like, you can screw this up, and Alabama cannot be the uh, name that you are used to Alabama being quickly without Nick Saban. Well, and I think also, so there's furthermore, he talked about health also being a factor. So he said, quote, last season was difficult for me just from a health health standpoint, not necessarily having anything major wrong, but just being able to sustain and do things the way I want to do them. Uh, It's gotten a bit harder. So you have to decide, okay, this sort of inevitable uh, thing when you get to my age. Uh, He was asked about, um, Saban added it would have been unfair to everybody for him to stay there for four or five more years, saying, quote, Uh, which I would have been happy to try to do, but I just didn't feel like I could do that and didn't want to get into a year-to-year deal that doesn't help anybody and doesn't help you continue to build and be the standard that I want to be at at this program that, uh, you know, I'd love to be at. So I think he he was never going to coach until he was like Joe Paterno or Bobby Bowden where they're nearly on their deathbed and and they're done. He wanted to make sure he went on on the right note, I think. Yeah, no, I think there's, I mean, also going back to just the schedule and the grind, that's a, for someone in their seventies, the the amount of hours Nick yeah, Saban crazy. worked that, that that is a lot, and it's actually like the fact that he was able to recognize that is is refreshing, I guess. I also just think you, you mentioned like he's not you know you didn't want to be you know Bobby Bowden or or whatever, and certainly didn't want to be Joe Paterno. Um, well, you yes, know when when, uh, when it when it comes to that aspect in coaching and being a lifer, I don't think I think we're about done with that anyway. Roy Williams hung it up. Coach K, Jim Beheim, like Izzo himself for probably the last two in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, maybe Mark Few at Gonzaga, and that's a, like that's probably about it as far as guys that are just one place, thirty years, you know, whatever. Kirk Ferentz, uh, you know, yeah, oh my, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that's he's, he's, he's like he's got to be almost seventy. Well, he's been saying, in Iowa for a gajillion years. That's true, but like th- there's probably not going to be a whole lot of that in in sports for a variety of reasons. Kirk Ferentz, yeah, sixty eight years old. Like so, it, that's probably like, going to be something we look back on twenty years from like. Yeah, no. Now, guys, like it just doesn't happen anymore. Our childhood is like basically disappeared from from that college basketball perspective, and and then you think, you know, Urban Meyer, all the stuff that he's done, uh, Coach Saban. You look at um, Les Miles, a legend in college football, had been around for so long, and you can just go down the line with so many other uh, coaches throughout college sports in in general. Uh, Bobby Bowden being one of them as well. That you know, the people that we watched growing up are basically all. Gone, and I don't think I was thinking. So, I was are you saying to, we're getting old too? No, no, no. What you're saying I'm getting saying, older saying, too. We're, getting we're old. all getting older. I am getting uh, old. But, but I think I think I was talking to you about this, Cody, in the, in the bullpen. To your point, I'm not I'm not throwing shade. All right, getting uh, turn, getting older tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> Officially, are. I'm getting older in one minute. Technically, um, a- anyways, 
I don't think we see another coach have this sort of tenure to, yeah. to your guys' point just because of all the ever-changing things going on, but also the amount of time that they're there and you have to be good for that whole time. I just think that it's not – I don't think it's as impossible as you guys say because I think it's just becoming bigger business. And if you wait a few more years – what you might find out is that, yeah, it was a lot of Nick Saban to run all these things because of NIL. They'll have like 20-person NIL departments. So you, you think know, we'll see coaches staying at places NIL for 30 years? I don't think it's out of the question, especially places like Alabama where I never, I, I just never, I just or think, Kirby Smart, Georgia, I, I think never some of it's, that job. I think some of it's the workload, but also money. Like, remember, some of these guys, you know, when Coach Case started out, you know, he's making, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like making pennies, okay, when yeah. he started. Like, the money in the sport for the coaches is also just like – you you coach for ten years at a big time university and you're you, you know you're making twenty plus million over the 30, 40 million in some of these cases easily. If and I'm probably being uh, conservative with those estimates at you know a place like Alabama, obviously or whatever, where you know Nick Saban's been the highest paid college football coach for it seems like ten years. Random question for you, Gold. For you, Drew. Over in the text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Of course, over on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, where we live stream the show on video every single day. You can interact with us over there as well. All right. So, uh, in let's see, two weeks is my grandpa's birthday. Yours is tomorrow, but let's talk about my okay. grandpa's for a minute. <laughs> ninety. He'll be ninety four years old. Wow. Great run for old Ban- Hell yeah. for Bancroft Tap. Hell yeah. Good for him. Great man. That's my birthday. One of the things he has... It's not your birthday. So we're going to get together for his birthday, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? And it was like, uh, we're going to do chili, and he wants... You know, we found out what his favorite kind of cake is, so we can get that. Yeah. And then it was like, and he probably wouldn't say no to some whiskey. (laughs) In which we all volunteered to buy him whiskey. (laughs) And so a couple of weeks ago, when we were discussing... Or about a week ago when we were discussing this, it was made clear that he got a bottle of whiskey as a gift that he liked so much that he was trying to decide whether or not budgetary-wise he could make the full-time shift. For the most part, the man drinks Jim Beam. He'll drink a pretty good amount of it, right? But he was like, man, can I switch to this bourbon because of how much I like it, right? And I was like, okay, so the question I have for you today is, it's 10 cup, by the way, it's whiskey. I had to look it up. How many bottles of whiskey to get him is too many at 94 years old? Because I am tempted. We have the... We have, like, both between the people I know and the listeners of this show, what if we just got this guy, like, 30 bottles or something? Is it too many? Am I doing 30? a disservice yes. if I ask the listeners of this station to help us figure out how we can get 30 bottles of this whiskey to deliver to his house for his 94th birthday? What's too yeah, many? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be asking the listeners to buy my Five? grandfather whiskey anyway. But Why? They'd like I, it. I, I think uh, So it says overall, 94 f- bottles of whiskey, yeah, yeah. 94 years old. Yeah, like... Two or three bottles, I would say, is 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 probably a good amount. Interesting. Yeah. You think that's it? Yeah. You got to cap it at two or three bottles? Yes. <sighs> Man. You said 30. I don't think that's out of the question. He's got plenty 30, of living. 30 and 94. 30. He's got plenty of living left he wants to do. Why can't, you know. 30 uh, bottles? Well, I mean, that might be a year supply or something. We don't know. Get him covered for a while. He doesn't have to worry about it. 30. Just stack him up on the <laughs> counter or whatever Jeez. it is place. Oh, man. <laughs> Someone, God, you guys are so dark about some of this. Damn. Too much? All right, fine. Not someone 30. Says one bottle, someone says a bottle a day. Okay. 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 Someone Three. says, yeah, Cody. It's like, what are you trying to do here, man? <laughs> what are you trying to do? I'm just trying to let him enjoy his life. <laughs> okay. Someone says one bottle a day for yes. 30 days. Yes. It's just one month. 
Look, when you get to uh, not, he's not, you said he's going to be ninety four. He is ninety four. He so, will be ninety four. So he'll be ninety four. I mean, what, once you hit ninety, you can do whatever the hell you want. I would argue even like at eighty five, but like you hit ninety, do whatever the hell you want. Or do you just do like one crazy bottle? Do all my siblings? Because I've got a million siblings and all this. Do we all just chip in and we spend like a G on like a bottle of Pappy? That and would also we, and that we would just be cool. like oh, and we yeah. just say screw it. We all spend a hundo. Yeah. We all chip in. The tech uh, over on Twitch was suggesting that, and we just all chip in. And get him like one bottle of Pappy for like a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks, rather than I'm that trying to buy him thirty bottles. Yeah, that's of true. You game. do have you guys. Yeah, you have plenty of siblings where you guys definitely could pull your money together and get a very nice gift, whether it's a bottle of whiskey or something else. Someone says I work for the company in town that reps Jim Beam and Tin Cup can get you a case at either cost. at cost. See, now yeah. we're talking. Now we're getting somewhere. Someone says Cody thinks everybody drinks as much as he does. That's not what I said. <laughs> But, I, but my grandpa has his evening whiskey. I don't think he goes an evening without his evening whiskey. No, they're saying not everybody drinks as much as you do. That's, oh, what, yeah. that's, what, the text, that's what the text is saying. I lived with my grandpa for <laughs> a month when my house wasn't ready. The whole family lived with him for a month. How much did when he we drink? we were waiting. You know, I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say two. Two, maybe three. It depends on the night. Sometimes zero. But that, I would say that that glass got refilled more often than not. It wasn't normally one. You know, a couple. Okay. Again, I don't, you know, drink it, you know, drink whatever you want. I don't care. I just didn't know. I didn't know if we should have what we Someone should go says for. says ten cups, not expensive. Just get a case. How much is it? What's it run? I, I guess I didn't look at the no, price. No, they didn't say the price. They just the text line just said. Uh, well, this guy says we can get a case at cost. Maybe this we should do it. Someone says Pappy's excessively well, yeah. expensive for the average whiskey. Yeah, there's no doubt That's about the, it. Yeah, there's That's the, kind the, of the point. The aura around that or whatever. Yeah. That's like forty bucks. So it's not like out. It's not like outrageously yeah, priced. A lot of people are just saying get a case and just be good. Okay, so that's the number. We think case. That's what the text line's saying. Yeah, thirty too much. Three not enough. Let's go with a case. That's I'm telling you right line. now, he was trying to figure out budget wise if he could just like make the switch because that's more expensive than his current drinking whiskey by ten fifteen bucks. So we had to make a decision whether or not you know I like this one enough. Do I make the transition? And, you know, 94, I feel like we should get him something nice. You should. You, yeah, your siblings should all pool together. Get him something very nice. Someone 94, say, man. Goodness. That's, that's a hell of a lot. Think about everything that's, I mean, think about everything he's witnessed. He was born in 1930. So, yeah, man. I mean, you can, you can figure yeah. out whichever, you know, whichever life events occur during that. I guess he's, you know, seen a world war. Seen several wars. Yeah. Been through a few of those. A lot of different presidents. You know, you can go through the normal run of things. I guess he would have been a child during, like, the Depression era stuff. Yeah, that's what's why when you step back and think about that kind of stuff. Black, he still got black the, and white television? He still got the... Yeah, or just, yeah, just no, TV. He still has like, the newspaper clipping up of when he won a high school state championship. Oh, nice. Went, ran the winning touchdown. Hey. Classic, classic 1940 stuff. He was a, was a better athlete than me. Just start there. Someone's telling me to keep an eye on the show funds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. uh, there you go. That's the uh, that's the random question of the day. Happy early birthday to your grandfather. All right, up next, we're going to head out to Arrowhead. We're going to hear from Andy Reid. And the one player that actually is a little more worrisome for Cody than uh, old Tyreek Hill. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.